Good Wednesday to you, Mzansi, from me, Shadow Twala. You're listening to Otherwise Talking Women on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. The show is produced by Hazel Makuzeni and uh, Garnet Nkwenega is our technical producer for today. Our contact details are 0892-102010, email otherwise at safm.co.za, tweets at otherwise safm or at Shadow Twala. Now today we're talking about safety, children's safety. What are they taught about safety and what does safe mean? And who, how are we teaching or sharing these important safety skills with children? So I'm joined by Renee Leighton, who is a teacher, educational consultant, author and life coach. And Naledi Nobo is uh, the project leader for the Little Stars Project. She joins me to talk about safe after school spaces. Before that, though, our lunch bite for today. No one has yet fully realized the wealth of sympathy, kindness and generosity hidden in the soul of a child. The effort of every true education then should be to unlock that treasure. This is a quote by Emma Goldman, who's an author. Wendy Lohabe, Felicia Mabusa Subtle, Kathy Kathwada, Shakes Mashaba, Terry Petto, Chad McClough. Find out who's next in the spotlight. Weekdays at 3 on Afternoon Talk. The SABC has issued its ninth request for proposals book. The RFP book, valued at 600 million rand, is the largest RFP book issued by the SABC for the production of local content on television. The SABC is committed to providing the South African public with high-quality local programs that reflect the diverse cultures, languages, life experiences, interests and needs of its audience. The SABC will ring fence briefs aimed at promoting regional diversity, contributing towards job creation and empowerment of the youth, black women and people with disabilities. RFP roadshows will take place at our SABC provincial offices from November and dates will be communicated through your local SABC radio station. Hard copies of the RFP book are available at all SABC offices and electronic copies available at www.sabc.co.za forward slash commissioning. Otherwise, on SAFM. My guest is Renee Lighton, who keeps our lights on in education all the time. Hello, Renee. Hi, Shadow. So nice to be speaking with you and your listeners again. I know. Welcome once more. And I know you're very busy as well. So we're always delighted when you can give us a few moments of your time. Renee, what are we talking about when we talk safety for children? Well, you know, for us, especially if you work in a wide and diverse kind of area, different communities, um, there's a big challenge around around keeping our children safe. So if we if we're in the southern suburbs, you won't see little ones of three or four walking on their own on the pavements and you know going about the day. Mm-hmm. But if you you know if you're ten minutes away from from Cape Town from the suburbs, you'll see exactly that. And so it's, it's about keeping them physically, emotionally, socially safe. All of the above, you know, Shadow, for me. Mm-hmm. And what, whose responsibility well, is it to teach about safety? Yeah, you know, I think for, for safety is something that if you can't do, you can't go anywhere else, you can't accomplish anything unless you feel safe. A child needs to, fe- to feel um, safe before anything else can happen, before any learning can take place. And I think each of us is responsible, each of us as a caregiver, as a parent, as a person that brings that child into 
um, into this world. But I think the community, uh, you know, but, but absolutely the community, we all are responsible mm. for our children. Mm. So, so where do you as a teacher and I as a parent come together before we even look at the community out there? Where, what conversations are we having uh, to, to, to create the idea of safety in a child's mind? Mm. Because you don't also want to overload them with, with, with information that you know they may not understand. So, and we should be talking about the same thing, you as a teacher and me as a parent. So what conversations should happen? Well, I think the conversation around, you know, something that, something about your body being, being yours and that it needs to, the conversation is also for me is, a, is not only about that it, it, if it's something is uncomfortable because some, most, uh, what we have is some kids in an environment where they know the abuser. Mm-hmm. So you can't say, oh, it doesn't feel nice or, you know, you, you, stranger danger. You know, when I grew up many years ago, that was a, that was a conversation we had at school. Mm-hmm. It was stranger danger. But we now know that actually it's often the people in the inner circle. Mm-hmm. So the conversation is really around, this is my body. You own your body. Are you proud of it? You know, and we have to model that as what's appropriate, what isn't appropriate. And also keeping those channels, those, the, you know, the conversation open so that if someone tells you, oh, that's a secret, mm-hmm. know that, you know, you need to come and tell mommy because there aren't any secrets mm-hmm. that involve your body. Hmm. Interesting that you say you need to come and tell mommy. Why don't you tell daddy? Well, and daddy. Well, <laughs> and your, or your Google or, or your teacher. Yes. Because sometimes children are unable to. And, and I feel, you know, that's, you know, I feel from my own experience as a youngster growing up, um, that it was a definite thing is that you know there were there were people in my class where that was exactly had happened to and they not, not couldn't necessarily tell their parents but they told another caregiver or someone else another adult that they trusted mm. so that's why i say yes it's a community thing are we looking are we looking for the signs are we there are we over, able to open that conversation and say yeah come talk to me you know and just listen without a reaction at what age do you start having this conversation with children well, I think, you know, as, as soon as you, if you feel like, because you're not going to, as soon as you feel they're ready, and always, you know, so, because children also explore their bodies. Mm. So what you don't want to do is when they're exploring, say, oh, you're wrong, so they, or, or it's not right. But so where is it appropriate? And when is it appropriate? And I think, you know, I think it will depend on the individual and the adult saying, okay, the sooner the better. So what feels good and what, what's right and when should I, when is it ideal to walk around, you know, take off all my clothes mm. or, yeah. Renee, are we talking about sexual abuse here or protecting children from that? Or are we talking general safety? I think general safety. I think general safety for me is important. Um, it's a bigger picture, so the bigger picture to the small picture. But uh, you know, there's a huge, there's a huge amount of sexual abuse, and I think that we as parents, uh, we as adults, need not be fearful of it and not put a fear of God into to kids. But say, these are our amazing bodies, and how do I own this amazing body? Because if, especially if I'm a young girl, how do I own and value my body mm-hmm. in a way that that I feel well? You know, I don't have to engage in behavior at 12 or 11 or 15 in a way to be accepted. Mm. I know that I'm valuable as I am. And, and we model, I mean, women especially are very powerful and mums. You know, 
it's it's frightening when you see mom saying, oh, you know, I'm overweight or, I, you know, don't look nice because got their daughters, their children are listening. Mm. So keep them safe. You know, it's social and emotional. It's all of those things. For me, you know, Shadow, that's... Interesting you say that because I found an anonymous quote um, uh, that says, children are great imitators. So give them something great to imitate. Yes. Okay, because they copy, they copy everything we do. Yes. So, yes. so it's very interesting that you say that. Renee, we, I heard about safe house parenting. Yes. And the, these safe house parents, I, I'm told, take care of vulnerable children. Yes. Now, how do they, how does it work? So I was, very, I was very privileged to be invited um, by a group called um, the Agape uh, Group who actually were contracted to the Department of Social Development. And they run workshops and they look after the, the parents that then, um, they volunteer to be safe house parents. They go on courses, they meet every week, they're in different areas from Delft to Malmesbury to Google to to Takai, wherever. And these ladies and, and gentlemen, I want to tell you, I mean, I met amazing gentlemen in, in Mitchell's Plain. Mm-hmm. They open their, ho- their homes to any child between naught and 18 that, um, you know, that are vulnerable. They, you know, they could have been sitting at home and they need to be placed somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so, the, yeah, so, so if they're part of the de- Department of Social Development. They, they're funded through them. They get a really small stipend. Mm-hmm. But these are parents, these are adults with amazing big hearts because these children often will come in damaged and, and need an incredible amount of love and understanding mm-hmm. because you can imagine, you know, and some of these wonderful families, they've, they've taken on like four or five or even six in some cases mm-hmm. of kids that are just nowhere to go. Hmm. So, so how do they become, is there, is there a, a, a kind of screening process that happens uh, from social development? Or yes. How do you apply to become a safe house parent? Yes, so I, think, you know, I think the best person, as I, you know, what I said to you is when I uh, sent the email to, to mm-hmm. um, Hazel, was the best person to talk to is someone who's actually in that department. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. have a whole system of going through. But I met people, you know, you know I met people that, that only looked after babies, they chose to look after nought to seven-year-olds and some older. So you can go in and have a conversation. I'm sure that if you Google mm-hmm. it or you um, go onto the Department of Social Development website, mm-hmm. there is a system there. Um, and, and there are children who are vulnerable in all communities. It's not just, you know, out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we as, we as a community, it would be wise to step up and say, okay, so how do we support? If not by having a kid in our home, so how else can we support? Is there anything else? Do we have old books? Do we, you know, not old books, but do we have books? Do we have games? Mm. Do we have some way of supporting these wonderful people who are opening their homes? No, we'll make sure to find them. Please. Now, Renee, you have great uh, teaching ideas and teaching philosophies, and you've got very fun ways of teaching um, and imparting your skill. Are there ways that you think are developed or you can develop to, to, without even having much of a worded conversation, but to plant a seed of safety in a child's mind? Um, you know, pictures that can be used and, and, and the, the, the bottle tops that you usually use to educate. Do you, do you think there are ways of, of using maybe board games or something like that to, to, to just plant that seed? Yes, uh, uh, definitely. And also, I mean, also in play, you know, just even in play and conversation, because children love to use, you know, dolls or something that, or it could be a bottle top that's dressed as a doll or a sock as a puppet, 
Mm-hmm. You know, if you put a little sock or an old stocking on your hand, or you tell a story, or you connect with your library. I mean, the libraries have got amazing books on, on um, children's safety, on keeping your child safe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, so I, would, I would suggest, you know, so the puppets, the songs, a board game, um, building a little house, putting a little child inside, or what would keep this child safe. Mm-hmm. So that conversation where you're not really talking about the child, but you're talking about the doll or the teddy bear yeah. or whatever you have available, because that, that conversation will stick in that child's mind. Yeah, because I think they they'd remember that, that storytelling or, you know, that, that action would be remembered uh, much longer. And, and stay in their minds longer. Now, I, you know, I talk about being street smart because that's what, that's how I grew up. I'm, I'm, I've got a sensor around me. You know, I, I, my back watches my back. <laughs> and I don't know how to develop that in, in, in younger kids these days because, you know, just being aware. Because my sixth sense will, will tell me, even just as I walk into a room, that something is wrong. How, how do we develop that? Well, well, I think for me, it, I think we're actually all born with it. Mm. And somewhere along the line, we stop trusting that. Mm. So it would be a good idea to, so that, even that with a child. So how are you feeling this? How does this room make you feel? Mm. You know, that conversation, how did that, man, how did that feel? I mean, I can remember very clearly as a young girl telling my mum, oh, I'm, I, I just wasn't comfortable with that person. Mm. Mm. I can remember that my mum not actually acknowledging that. She didn't acknowledge. No, she didn't. Wow. And, 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 and that's what happens to us. And I'm sure, you know, I really believe we're all born with it. And now how do we develop it is in the conversation. Sure. It's interesting that you say your mom didn't respond to it. And it because maybe it's, we, she didn't know what to do. She didn't know what to say. Yeah, absolutely. And she so, didn't you want know, to I realized exactly where I was blessed to have my parents. And I learned an enormous amount from that. Um, mm-hmm. And we know that as we get older, we're given what we need, really, when we're younger, yes? (laughs) (laughs) And all the time. So that was what I, you know, there's no no regret. It was just, that was interesting for me because then things played out and I realized, actually, I need to trust myself. Well, that's the lesson you learned from that. Exactly. And that was a great lesson. And that's. Yeah, so that was the benefit of it, because the benefits and go back to everything. So the benefit was exactly that. Trust my, I, must, I, you know, I learned to trust my gut. Exactly like you, I can walk into a room, I can connect with someone, and I know. For me, my, my being, I know. And, and I think we are, when we're born, we're human, you know, we're human beings, but we're actually human becomings as kids. They're becoming, we're becoming something. We need to allow that and enter into that conversation. So trust yourself. Yeah. Sure. That 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 is very deep. <laughs> That's very deep because you know it's 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 not an easy thing to teach or learn uh, and unless you get into a situation um and experience it first, you know, second time around that, okay, that's not a nice place to be. But just to have that first hand as something you carry around with you is such an important thing. And I'm not too sure how we get people to, 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 to recognize that within themselves. Huh? It's, it's very, it's very, so, so Renee, um, I'm, I'm taking it that we are doing the right thing then by having the conversation with our children, by making sure that our teachers and ourselves are sending the right messages uh, out there to, to, to the children, but also then the community gets involved. But that's the difficulty because we, we've, 
we've become such um, isolated communities, if you know what I mean. We, we, we kind of keep to ourselves and keep, we, we don't get involved. Yeah. You see, but that's, that's us in the suburbs, you know. <laughs> well, I, 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 think, I think it's fast becoming um, a trend not to get involved. People are too mm. scared to get involved. Mm. And people just don't want to. Yes, we'll know about it, we'll gossip about it, but you just don't physically get involved. Mm. And, 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 and that's the biggest challenge. Yes, but the, and, the, and the challenge is that until we realize that each of us is responsible for ourselves and for others, we're not going to shift this magnificent country into something, into all that it can be. How, give me something that each of us can do today just to be aware that we must communicate and that it depends, we depend on each other. What do we do on a daily basis? Well, even the fact of, even like, do you know your neighbor? You know, do you, have you, do you smile? Do you greet your neighbor? Do you know the people in your street? Never mind the people that are your direct neighbors. You know, if you're going to, if your child is at school, do you know who the parents are in the class? Do you know those kids, or do you just drop your kid off and you know off they go? Mm. So, are you making an you know, may, are you making an effort to connect with the parents in your class? Are you involved at the school? Are you contributing? Are you having the conversations with other parents and in, and inviting? Yeah, and, and can they invite you in terms of stimulating a conversation around, okay, so how do we keep our kids safe? And how do we give our kids the tools? Because ultimately, you know, Shada, our children have to learn those tools. I have to learn to say no. I have to learn to say as a kid, yes, that may feel nice. However, you know, it's not right that an adult's doing that to me. Mm -hmm. Or it's not right that an adult's telling me to keep a secret. And it's not right for my peers to be forcing me to do doing things. Exactly. And today there's enormous peer pressure on children. You know, it's, it's, we want to conform. We want to be significant, but we also want to belong to that group. And more and more, I mean, we were blessed not to grow up in, you know, with all of that. Today the kids just, it's, it's a huge pressure for them. How do I belong? And then how do you have that conversation with the kids who are 12, 13, 14, around exactly that, around sex, around respect, for yourself first and then respect for others. Mm. That's interesting. Very interesting. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm quietly listening to you and I'm thinking um, you, as, as a community, it's even difficult to tell somebody else's child that they should stop doing something that is wrong because my mom lets me or my dad lets me. I'm going to tell on you because, you know, the, the, even though I'm an adult, I, I can't reprimand a child who's doing wrong. And and that that's the difficulty because if I if I can't do it, then the child gets away with stuff. Yeah. So it says about so in our home we X Y and Z. So whatever you decide as a parent. So in our home, we go to bed at eight. In mm. our home, we uh, watch um, TV that's you know that's enjoyable or TV that's whatever you know programs that are under thirteen, under sixteen, or whatever. So it's about setting those boundaries, those rules, so that if another child comes into my home and then we can say, well, in our house we do that. But you will never be able to control everybody's home. <laughs> you know, it's a value. It's our value system. Mm -hmm. And so my value system may be different, but, but we have every right to say, in a way, not say, oh, you're wrong, I'm right, but say, this is what we value. Mm -hmm. In our home, this is what we do. Mm -hmm. and, and then it's that invitation for the child who may not be. You may be sitting up till 12 o'clock as a 12-year-old, or maybe on WhatsApp till whatever hours, or maybe on Facebook to whatever. Say, so, okay, well, you know, 
Well, you know, let's have that conversation. Hmm. Renee, as usual, I enjoyed talking to you. Thank you so much for joining us. And I hope we've planted a seed uh, throughout communities and parents and, and teachers to start these conversations. And let's continue to talk about them. Because I know whoever's listening may think, what are, we, what are they talking about? Safety, you know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's impossible to be safe. But I, I think we, 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 we can start something, start a safety movement for children. And hopefully the conversation grows. Thank you, Shadow. Lovely to talk to you. No, thank you. Have a good day. And you too. Bye. Bye-bye. That's Renee Lighton. And we're talking about, and, and go to social development website. Let's find out how you can possibly become a safe house parent for vulnerable children. And we'll try and invite somebody to tell us more about how to get onto that program. Um, when I come back, though, we talk to Nalidin Ngobo about the Little Star Project. And uh, it's about safe after school spaces after this. Now, Lady Moore was a project leader of the Little Star Project, and, and currently she's with Shoko at UCT. Now, Lady, hello. Hi. Hi, welcome to Otherwise. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Did I take you by surprise? <laughs> can you hear us properly? Yes, yes, I can. Hi. Okay, Little Star Project, what is it? Um, it's basically, um, we run on Wednesdays and Fridays in the Mannenberg community um, with grade R's to 3. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically we provide a safe after-school environment for the kids to come and develop like their different skills, like numeracy skills and literacy skills and their physical abilities. And um, we use the Renee Light On approach um, to help the kids like develop these skills. Yeah, but you sound like you 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 one of those children. I mean, <laughs> to be running this project, you sound too young to be running it. Um, yeah, um, it's it's a student run organization. So all of us are like, all of us are in university. Mm-hmm. Everyone who runs a project, mm-hmm. um, and basically, it's it's kind of a tu- for the older kids. It's it's like tutors. We're tutors for the kids, and for the younger kids, it's basically role models. So it's like looking up to people who are also used. Um, but who, like, as we said, or students, and, like, trying to find, like, good role models for the kids. Like, look up to this kind of person, and, like, we're trying to get them away because the Manenberg area is full of gangsterism. So we're trying to um, help them learn that there's other ways, like, the other, there's other routes to, like, get, get ahead instead of, like, going into gangsterism. Like, because at a young age, that's where you, the most influence you have on a kid. So... That's why we try to provide good role models for them. Who was your good role model? My good role model, um, I mean, my parents and my grandparents, they really, I don't, I don't think I would have turned out the way I turned out if it wasn't for them. Like, looking at how they, they, like, they did their work and how they would raise me and my brother and our cousins and everyone. It was just the way that, the lessons they taught us, they were really great. So, yeah. Which, tell us a bit about those lessons. What lesson that stands out the most for you? Um, I remember my grandfather's biggest lesson was always, you always say no first, no matter what it is. You always <laughs> say no. Um, because once you say yes, you can't come back from a yes. A mm. yes is a promise. A promise is a promise. So you always say no, and then you can say yes afterwards, after you've thought about it. Because a, a promise means that you must go through with it. Yes. You can't break a promise. 
You can't break a promise. Fantastic. Now, please do stay on the line because I, I really want, I'm very interested in how w- the, you work things out with these young children, how you find them and how how much time you spend with them and what you do during that time and what you know about their backgrounds and where they come from, uh, apart from, you know, the, the, the communities themselves, but their homes. And, and I, I really am curious to know how you're making that difference as young students as well. So please do stay on the line, uh, Naledi. Otherwise, on SAFM. My guest is Naledi Ngobo, project leader of the Little Star Project. Naledi... How how are these participants identified, and and what do you know about them? Um, for our community, there's a lot. We started off as just a star project um, a few years back, and then this, the problem was that the older kids would bring the the younger siblings because they they take care of the younger siblings mm. after school while they're waiting for their parents to come home. So there would be a bunch of kids from grade R to grade three that would be. Um, playing around while we were while we were trying to work with the older kids, mm. so we decided to start the Little Star Project this year. Um, basically, most of the kids are um, are like siblings of the older kids, but they're also kids that go to the school or who live around the school in the area. So mm. they come and they they're contracted, and they, their parents sign contracts saying that they would like their kids to join the project. Mm. And um, that's when we first meet the parents, so we get to know a little about the kids then. And then we also do regularly invite the parents to um, workshops and community days that we have. And we get to interact with the parents and learn more about their home life and their, um, the, the children's upbringing um, in that way and what they would like the children to learn as well. Is there some kind of uh, measurement to do or you have that, that measures um, the, 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 your, inter, your intervention? and how successful it is and and it, what sort of measurement is there we do we do use basic evaluations mm. um uh, renee actually suggested another evaluation to us um where we you do a table format and you just put numbers or colors in different blocks and you ask the kid if they know what the number is and they must state if what the number is or the color is mm. and then you you mark them as say you say yes they do know it or they say they don't know it mm. and then you can do those evaluations on a regular basis to see if the kids are developing the skills of those um, knowing what those numbers and um, colors are and we have other basic evaluations um, where the kids are asked to draw different things um, and you give them instruction like verbal instruction and they draw the things and we see if they know what you're saying to them and that that we've started it this year and then we're hoping that next year we'll see an improvement these are for the little stars obviously and not yes. the older ones no not the older kids how many children do you have and the the r to the our grade r to three we're currently working with 80 kids eight zero yes and how often do you get together with them? Um, we get together with them on Wednesdays and Fridays. Wow. And how many are you in your team? Um, on the committee, there is five of us. There's, there's six this year. Next year, there's five. And um, as volunteers, we start off with about 60 volunteers. But we have student, abroad students as well. So when they leave, our numbers do dwindle. And then mm-hmm. we do gain some again for the second semester when other students come in that are semester abroad students. So when these children graduate, and I say that in inverted commas, graduate from your from your project, um, what happens? Do, do they get passed on? Or do you know what happens to them? Should they finish your, 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 your semester, if you like? Um, what happens is the next, because we work 
as the grade. So the grade threes will be in the little star project, but mm-hmm. then we have a big star project where the grade threes, next this year's grade threes are going to be grade fours. So they'll be moving into the big star project. So okay. if their parents contract them again, they will be in the big star project, which runs with grade fours to sevens in the Manenberg area. And of course, when you leave, when you graduate from UCT, um, then some, there's a new group that, that, that replaces the project. Yes, um, we, we get contracted per year. So you sign up, you, 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 read, you send in a CV each year so, and you, say, you state which project you're trying to um, work with and you get project leader or curriculum um, or project committee and you get steering com. And each year, the, the position, people in the positions change because every, every year you have to re-register again, like reapply for the position. Mm. I think you do an amazing job and I'm just wondering as I listen to you, uh, what happens in, in, in other communities uh, that you cannot impact? Um, do you know of any other kind of project that's, that's like yours running at different universities or in different cities around the country? Um, I've not been made aware of other projects similar to ours in other universities. Uh, I, I have heard of one at Stellenbosch, but mm. I'm not too sure what they, they, what, how they work. But I do know of SAEP, um, who work with matrix and they, they also create bridging courses for the, for students going into university in different areas in, um, in Cape Town. Mm. So if a parent is listening and wanting you to, to, to engage with them, um, you know, with, or wanting their child to be part of this project, how do they go about, um, getting their children in? Um, well, the, the usual route is to go to, we have contracting days, um, the year before and the, the community is, is, um, told about the contracting days and then the parents can show up for the contracting days where we contract their kids to, um, to be part of the project for the following year. If they could, if their child, because we have a certain a number of children that we do work with, if their child does not make it onto that first register, they are put on a waiting list. Mm-hmm. Um, so that if someone drops out, their kid, their child can be, um, put into the project. We also do have a website, the dot org website, where people can find out more about the organization and how to join. And and do you work mainly in, in, in Manenberg? Or Mich- I, what? Sorry, it's, it is Manenberg, right? Yes. So, I but do you have Man- others? You work in Manenberg, but there are other centers. Yes, we have centers in um, Kailicha, in Haute, in Nyanga, and in Mitchell's plane. I see. So the, you, you do actually quite spread out in, in yes. different, in different places. And they have to though go to a particular school in that area to participate, right? It, it, it depends on the centers because, um, mostly with, with our children, it's whoever comes to the contracting days that we register. It doesn't really matter which school you come from. But in other areas, um, like Ken- oh, Kensington is also another centre that we have. Um, they go to specific schools where they contract kids from those specific schools to come to the project. So it depends on which area you're in. If you're in an area that contracts at a school, then they, you have to be at that school. But if they contract like us, where we just contract people who show up, then it works differently. Okay. Now, what, what the seniors? Let's talk about the seniors because with the juniors, of course, you, you, numeracy and literacy is what's important. But what sort of skills 
or um, do you teach the senior, the, the older ones? Um, for grade fours to sevens, they have English lessons and they have maths lessons. They use computers for maths lessons and they have arts and crafts lessons and there's also life skills. Um, and then we have the older kids from grade eight to 11. And those kids are, they have, they have accounting lessons and they have science lessons and they have lessons that have to do with their school subjects. Mm. And then there's also the law corps, which works with students in Kaidicha, teaching them about law and their rights. And then we also have um, the tipping point in Kensington, which the kids get to choose what topics they would like to learn about and discuss in class. Mm. Amazing, amazing. Well, I, well done. Good work, and and I'm I'm hoping that uh, you you really do make a difference in, in 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 these children's lives. Give us that that email address again, please. I beg um, your pardon. Is it's your website, right? Not not an yes. email. Yeah. Shawco S H A W C O dot org. Yes. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Naledi. Thank you so much for having me. You take care. You too. Bye bye. Wow, great work being done out there. Teach one. What does what does the saying say? Each one, teach one, or.